Darren Duff, Lambert Vauvan, Buzz. How empathy connects us, Kivan de Schuthulo. We have an opportunity today to understand and explore the qualitative difference in relationship that happens in a situation where one is transacting with another person, doing some form of business with them, or where one is giving them an outright gift with no strings attached. Uh, how that difference in relationship has certain halakhic implications as well. We have a, a, a din which is clearly stated in the Rambam, in Hilchus Zechiel Matana, which is that Zachin la'adam shelo b'fanav, a principle that you've heard many times, that we can do something on behalf of another person, provided it's to their benefit. So the Rambam states the halacha in the following way, If I'm mezakeh, I give basically a gift to another person without that person's involvement. So I, I have a gift in my hand and I give it to, uh, to, to Chaim and I say, Chaim, be koine this on behalf of Reuven. And Chaim does a kinyan, And that way, this object now belongs to Reuven, although Reuven knows nothing about it. Once this, uh, this third person, in, in this case, Chaim, does his kinyan, he, he does his act of acquisition, From that moment on, the recipient has acquired rights in the object and the giver can no longer withdraw. The recipient has no idea that this has happened. Nevertheless, the giver can't say, ah, change my mind, I'm not going to give this gift. But the receiver, he, is, he has the advantage. He has the right to reject it. When he gets to learn about it, he has the right to say, no, thank you, I don't want it. Because you can, you can do something to somebody's advantage even if they're not present, even if they're not aware. But you can't do something to their disadvantage. It's a schut if you get to refrain to receive a gift. That's a, a, a privilege. It's a benefit. And so you can give it to him. But if he says, I don't want it for whatever reason, you can't force a person to receive a gift. Uh, he doesn't have to, obviously, he doesn't have to accept it. Um, the Ramor says in Choshen Mishpat, in Simen Kuftzadi Hei, Uh, something that is implied in the Rambam, but not stated as, as clearly. This whole din only applies with a gift or something similar. Because it's totally to the person's advantage. But if there's a sale involved where there's a price to be paid and there's responsibility and obligations, maybe he doesn't want to acquire that object. There's no kinyan. And not only can the recipient say, I'm not on in this deal, I don't want it, but the, the giver can also say, I've changed my mind and I'm, ba I'm backing out because the Kenyan doesn't work in the absence of the, of the receiver. Since there's a benefit and a disadvantage, the, the, this principle of Zachin Ladam Shelo Befanav does not work in such a case, only in the case of a gift. What's interesting, in a case of a gift, there's also a negativity, there's also a disadvantage. The other person has a moral obligation. There's an indebtedness. So why are we so sure that everybody is happy to receive a gift, that, that receiving a gift is a, uh, is, is a good thing? And, that, and it is. So we, we need to understand the origin of this din, which is in our Gemara. 
to some degree, and then we'll we'll understand that a little bit better. Al Gemara says, If a person says, my neighbor has got a farm, we, we both produce wheat. I produce wheat, he produces wheat. I'm going to give truma on his behalf. So I'm going to the coin, I'm giving truma. I'll double up and I'll give double truma and half of the truma I'm giving will be on his behalf, although it's coming from my field. So this seems to be a good deal. I, I'm giving them the truma. They, my, my neighbor doesn't know about it, but he's benefiting. You'll get to learn about it and you'll discover he doesn't have to give truma. It's already done already and he doesn't have the expense. Does he need the permission of the other person? Why would that be? We've just learned the din of Zachin Ladam Shalobifan of why should you need the permission of the other person? You're doing him a favor. So the Gemara explains. If we say, do, on the one hand, we might say it's a I'm doing something to his benefit. And I don't need his, I don't need his authority. Or Dilma mitzvah delayhi, but maybe I'm taking a mitzvah away from him. He wants the opportunity to do truma himself, and I've taken the mitzvah away. And he says, why did you spoil it for me? I wanted to give truma myself and you've done it for me. I don't want that. So we can't just assume that when you do a mitzvah for another person, even if you're saving him money in the process, you can't assume that that is necessarily uh, something he wants. Says the the Ran, the the principle in this Gemara here is the Zachin Ladam Shaloba Befanav. That's clear that the principle is Zachin Ladam Shaloba Befanav. And then the Ran, a little bit like like yesterday, throws something in uh, as a seems to take it completely for granted, but it's not so simple. The Ran gives us the reason, the mechanism of the Zachin Ladam Shaloba Befanav. How, how does it work? How does it work that I can give somebody somebody something and it's legally binding on me? That gift is legally binding on me even though the recipient doesn't have any knowledge of the fact that I've given it to him. It's all, in, it's all imaginary in a way and yet it's binding on me. How does that work? Says the Ran Mistama, we assume that if you're doing something for somebody's benefit, there's an implied appointment of agency. We assume that the owner is saying, I'm happy for you to be my shaliach. I don't need to do it myself. If you'll do it for me, that's great. And the, the Rosh says the same thing. The negative side is the person says, I'm willing to pay. I don't mind paying. I don't want to lose the mitzvah. And then it's a chov and he's not a shaliach. Again, you see the Rosh is learning this as a din shlichut, but this shlichut can only be assumed. Of course, a person can make a shliach to do anything. If it's uh, not, not, not for an Avera, but anything good, you can make a shliach to do. But here we're talking about where you didn't make the shliach. Can we assume that, it, that you're a shliach? As the Rosh says in the previous line, We are the witnesses. We saw him make, a, make him a shliach in virtual reality. We saw him make him a shliach. He didn't make him a shliach. But there's such a thing as implied shlichut, implied agency. That when something is done to the benefit of another person, we, we imagine the appointment of shlichut, we imagine the appointment of agency. But if there's a tzad chov, if there's a side to it which is negative, and the mitzvah is being taken from him, I'm not so sure that he would have appointed him as a shliach. Tosfus goes further and says, This that we say throughout Shas, 
that the mechanism for zachin la'adam shelo b'fanav, how does this work, that I can do something for another person and it's legally binding on me even though there's no actual transaction? Mehachatan this is the source. This is where we learn that principle from, that it's all midin shlichut, that this is a, a form of, of shlichut. So that's the, the mechanism, and based on this we'll assume that when the Rambam says that you can give somebody a gift and he doesn't have to know about it because of zachin la'adam shelo b'fanav, ve'en chavin ela b'fanav, is midin shlichut. If there's a choiv, if there's a side of it which is disadvantageous, I can't be sure that, that, there's, a, that there's shlichut, that there's agency. But if it's all advantageous, I can be sure that it's, there's agency. But we haven't dealt with yet with the side that there's negativity in receiving a gift as well. There's obligation to receiving a gift. There's moral obligation. Why are we not? Why do we not seem to be worried about that? The um, it, it, it's it's quite interesting here. And in this piece of Gemara, we have these two studying these two sides. Do I say I'm giving Truma on his behalf? I'm saving him money. I'm saving him trouble. I'm doing it all for him. Clearly, he wants that. Or, on the other side, do I say, but on the other hand, maybe he doesn't want it because I'm taking the mitzvah away from him. What does the first side hold? Just let's focus in on the first side. When the first side says, clearly it's to his advantage, I'm giving Truma to his advantage, that's a good thing, clearly it's to his advantage. Does the first side accept that there is a tzad chuv, there is an element of responsibility, there's an element of obligation that I'm causing him, but nevertheless, since it's primarily to his advantage, we go ahead, or does the first side not see it at all? The Taz, I bring the Taz in full on the next page, on the whole question of Pidyon Abain and whether a person can do Pidyon Abain for a child, even if they assume the parent has died, the father's died, can anybody or the Beisdin just do Pidyon Abain on behalf of the child and take the child's money and give it to the to the Kohen, and the, the, there's a beautiful Taz where he goes through based on this Gemara here, and, he, and a Gemara, and a Tosfus in Ksubis, where the Taz says, when you're doing something for a child, it has to be 100% advantageous. You can't do it for the child if there's a Tzad Chayv. But we see from our Gemara that for an adult, you can do it even if there's a Tzad Chayv. There's an element of disadvantage. Because clearly the first side of this dilemma understands the second side. There are two sides to the dilemma. That's why it's a dilemma. On the one hand, I'm saving him money and trouble. On the other hand, I'm taking a mitzvah from him. How do we view this? Do we view this as chut or don't we view this as chut? So says this as you see that there's an element of disadvantage, and yet we're willing to see that as, as chut. We're willing to see that as... Um, uh, as doing it in favor, we paskin la'alacha, that's how we paskin, that you don't have to take truma again, the truma works, even though there's a side of it which is obligatory on the recipient, uh, you've taken away his mitzvah, but still, since generally you've done him a favor, we consider this as, as a schut. But what about the, the, the fact, as we said, giving a person a gift is also tzad, so you see that we're not worried about the emotional and spiritual side of the equation. Says the Rambam, if there's a practical, a, an economic disadvantage, then you can't call the zachin la'adam shelo b'fanav. But if, if economically it's all to his advantage, but emotionally maybe he would like to do the mitzvah, or there's some, there's some kind of a tzad isur, there's some kind of a, the child says, I would have liked to have done the, the, done the mitzvah myself. Uh, I would have liked to have been poor myself. When I'm older, I would do it with a bigger amount of money. 
um, uh, whatever the case is, I wouldn't want my money to be used for this. There's, if there's a negative, a physical negativity, then you can't do it for the other person, even an adult. But if there's only an emotional negativity, we see from our Gemara, we're not worried about the emotional negativity. The one side of the of the dilemma is worried about it. The other side is not worried about it. But we paskin that, um, that you don't have to worry about it. This is called the schut. You're doing the truma on behalf of another person. You're saving him money. You're saving him time. You're saving him trouble. That's a schut. He's going to he's going to be happy with that. The the, the Rashbo, just take this one step further, and the Rashbo says, bear in mind here we're talking about a man who gives truma from his own field. It's not like the case of the Pidyon Habein, where the, the father's died and the other person takes the child's money and uses the child's money to give to the Kohen to do a Pidyon Habein. That's different. Now the question is, is the child okay with that? Uh, and, we, and we can't know until the child grows up. But in this case, we, this is a man who doesn't say, look, I'm going to the Kohen. Without his knowledge, I'll take from his field I'll take Truma from his field and I'll take them both and I'll save him the trouble. No, I'm taking from my own field. Says the Rashbo, I don't need Shlichus. I don't need to be appointed an agent for that. I need to be appointed an agent to do a mitzvah with your money. So unless you've appointed me an agent, who gives me the right to do that? And, and there we can say it because we need Shlichut. But the idea of Zachin Ladam Shalob Fanav to actually use my money to give you a gift where there is no cost to you, I don't need shlichut. So what is it? What? Well, how does this actually work according to the, to the Ashmore? This is a different din of zachin l'adam shaloi b'fanav, and it's got nothing to do with agency. It's got nothing to do with shlichut. So what does it have to do with? The Ksayis is well known to explain that it's, it's considered midin yad, he says. That means just as I can put my hand out, and you can put something into my hand, or a woman can put her hand out, and you can put a get into her hand, she's koine. Uh, so in this case, another person can be can be coined in, in, as well. In other words, where it's a generous act, one person can be an extension of the other. It's an unbelievable concept. A lot of the Acharim, the Shlaipa, and other people have difficulty with the Ktsos How does that work? How is it, how's another person my yad? I understand you put a get into my hand, that's fine. But you put a get into somebody else's hand or you put money into somebody else's hand, how does it become mine? If it's shlichut, I understand. If you say, I'm happy with that and I would have appointed the person a shliach. But the Rashmur says, it's not even shlichut. You don't need shlichut. So what is it? It's like you put your own hand out. How does that work? We have an amazing concept that Klal Yisrael is so connected one to the other that if you perform an act of generosity, you that empathy that you have with the other person makes you part of that other person. You're not a separate human being. You're a separate human being when your interests diverge. But when you're being generous, your interests converge. And that's what the Zochin Ladam Shalei Befonov means. I converge our interests. I say, I want you to have this. I'm willing to, 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 to pay for it. I'm willing to, I want you to have this. That act of generosity makes us part of one being. And, and if I'm a Zake you and I have somebody there as a Shalech, I have somebody there, so here I've got this beautiful diamond and I call Chaim and I say, I want you to do a Kenyan on this diamond on behalf of Ruven, who lives in, in, in South America. He's not even here. He's far away. He doesn't know about this. But you be Mazakit, Zakim. At that point, I and, and the person who's lifting up, who's doing the Kenyan, become part of Ruven in South, in, in South America. It's the same person. 
It's when you when you perform an act of generosity, you connect yourself to the other person in an inseparable way for that moment of generosity. That's what Chesed does. That's the the binding nature of of Chesed, the binding nature of empathizing in a generous way with another person and giving to that other person. That makes one that makes a person it gives a person oneness with the other in a way that nothing else can. It's an amazing chiddush according to the. The Ran and the Rosh and Tosfos. This is a din shlichus. This is fits into the normal uh, uh, principles and, and and frameworks of halacha. We have a principle of shlichut. We're just extending shlichut a little bit here and saying, even though he didn't physically appoint you as an agent, we're assuming that he would have had he known about it, he would have appointed you. We regard this as an appointment. That's the one way of learning it. The other way is the Rashbor's way. Is this does you don't need shlichut here. Yeah, there's absolutely no negativity to the other person other than you t- you're taking the mitzvah, but there's no cost to the other person. And in such a case, you don't need shlichut. This is simply a principle of zachin la'adam shelo b'fanav. When you generously give something to another without any strings attached, you are the other. You and the other are one. And therefore that giving and the person being mekabel, somebody receiving it on their behalf, is as if they received it themselves. That's the power of generosity. 